Welcome to this week's Podmore Get Better podcast. We've got Tony Johnson here. We've got Will Sandstead. Uh, it's Labor Day weekend. It is Sunday, September 2nd, and we are a mere three weeks away from uh, full course release. Ooh, exciting time of Getting the year. Getting down to it. We might actually get some content yeah. when the yeah. new courses come out. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we missed out a little bit uh, coming in. We had uh, some news planned. We were hoping for the second Golden T4 course to be remastered and yep. officially announced. Uh, just haven't heard anything. Nothing posted on the website. We were waiting for a big, big reveal about Evan's character. Uh, they had the YouTube video with the Rivals mode and totally excluded Evan. Yeah, I didn't totally understand that because we've already kind of seen him, right? He's mm-hmm. wearing all gold, unless they're planning on changing that. Well, I guess it's, that's just the outfit he happens to be wearing. But uh, So, yeah, I can't wait to see Evan's face. Yeah. That would be great. <laughs> okay. the, the avatar kind of looks like the uh, old Master P with his uh, banana suit on for <laughs> any of you old schoolers. Uh, just yeah, yeah. the big, bright yellow outfit. Uh, other things going on in the news. Last week while we were doing the podcast, they were in the middle of the Cincinnati tournament. Just want to give a quick rundown on that real quick. Uh, Gold Bracket uh, had some good, strong runs. Mark Stenmark took first place. Sean Dervais took second. Paul Luna took third. And fourth, Yeah, fourth place was uh, Orlando Ayala. So great showing for him. That's awesome. Uh, Purple Bracket rundown. Fourth place was Brad Baird. Third was Luke Sponseller. Second one was, was Kenny Callis, uh, world championship participant. And first, maybe he uh, was a little hungover from that week and didn't get to release everything, but IT's own Kevin Lindsay. Ooh, big yeah. show for he's, him. Uh, he's been bulldozing some purples here lately. Yeah, he needs to make a main bracket. Any Anything worth noting in the uh, from the qualifier in Cincinnati? Anybody make the cut that you know we might have not expected to? Uh, I didn't have the full breakdown in it. Uh, so... Uh, I noticed Andy Fox made the cut. Ooh, so Ooh, that's big. Uh, I know it, you know he had missed a couple recently, but uh, he did make that cut. So congratulations that, to Andy. That, that's huge. We'll, uh, we'll <laughs> and he managed to draw a mouth in the first round. Yeah, we have uh, we have some mailbag questions that we had kind of touched upon uh, before, uh, and and I think one of the respondents to our call out for text, emails, and messages. Um, made mention about you know getting jitters during tournaments and everything so we'll kind of give that a tease as we lead into uh just some other quick things with uh the news coming up here we have the wisconsin open uh four or five days after new courses are released on september 29th the club lucky uh tournament in uh madison wisconsin october 4th through the 7th and no, 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 oh i'm sorry that i goofed is, that uh, that's, that's richmond. richmond i will be there Yes. Uh, and the Club Lucky one is the weekend after that. Yes, so I, I jotted like that the down. the 11th or something like that. So. so we've got Richmond, October 4th to the 7th, Club Lucky the following week, uh, around the 11th, 12th, 13th. And, yeah, so that's that basically leads everything up to uh, the end of the year, uh, Top Gun, Little Gun in Houston. Yep. So, Tony, you're going to be uh, out in Richmond, it sounds like. Uh, I'm going to try to make it out there, and I know you talked about doing the podcast from there. I think that's... Uh, awesome idea where we could get some insight from some fellow players uh, if you guys are getting sick of Tony and I and uh, we had Andy Fox as a special guest earlier in the year but I think Tony would would have a great job out there to uh, talk to some players yeah we can uh, do it uh, maybe in, in chunks we'll talk about new courses maybe get people's opinions of the new courses and maybe I'll just walk around the bar with a mic and yeah. ask people questions kind of like, like a live Rick, interview yeah kind of like Richard King on goldenttv.com uh, with the exception of just straight audio no video portion yeah. <laughs> so uh, a, li- a little a uh, little more baseline on that but I, I think that would be a great great thing for us 
All right, Tony, so I'm excited for this part. Uh, saving strokes, we've covered some of your guys' questions, comments, concerns about how you guys can improve your game. Uh, one of the things that kind of ties into that is we're actually going to open it up to a mailbag. And I've gotten letters in the mail via Overnight Federal Express. I've gotten Facebook Messenger. I've gotten text messages here. So I'm excited for this portion. Well, and I think that maybe we didn't get as many uh, through the actual mail as we expected this week because it turns out it seems like the entire USPS was down this week. Yeah. Because oh. I know that nobody got their summer swing cards Ooh, getting much dicey. later than they expected. And so I think that maybe next week when the when the actual mail starts full flowing again, you know, then we'll we'll get some more questions. Yeah, we got the FedEx overnight ones in, but yeah, if if you guys don't hear your questions being read uh on on the podcast here and you sent it with the postal service, I can promise you that it should be here between this Sunday and next Sunday and we'll get to them next week. So, Tony, I'm going to I'm going to pull out the mailbag here. Uh, a couple of the letters we got here. Okay. So, Starting let's off. see. Uh Dear Podmore Get Better Podcast, I'm having a tough time getting to some par fives and long par fours. Okay. What can I do to help my short knocker drives? It's embarrassing when my friends see my player stats and my long drive is only 467 yards. Please help. Signed, P. Luna. Mm. Uh, I'm pretty familiar with that name. Uh, And I think that I've got a a couple pieces of advice for him. Great, great. Uh, So... Certainly someone that only has a long drive of 467 yards, I'm guessing is playing stock balls because otherwise they for sure would have something longer than that. So a couple pieces of advice. Uh, if you really want truly long drives, the spinny balls might uh, might help you out and get a little extra distance yeah, on that. Yeah, previously A1. covered. Uh, perhaps uh, you know go to Monument Valley or uh, get some uh, invites on that and go to hole 18. Hopefully get get yourself past 467 yards. I, I saw a video this week on Facebook that uh, someone had had tied Paul's, uh, I'm sorry, P Luna's uh, long drive here. Uh, but uh, but yeah, the, you know, go go away from those stock balls. Go with the the uh, streaks, uh, the spinnies. Really, any ball besides stock, and you're going to be able to get that, that long drive. That, that, that's a great call out, and it, and it sounds like this. Uh fan is uh, P. Luna. I, I would encourage you to go to a Golden Tee tournament. A- as a newer player, I'm guessing you're a newer player, you yeah. can go to a Golden Tee tournament and see these pros and these bangers actually hit A1s and C3s and really pick their brains regarding clubs and balls and which hole you can improve that long drive on. That's good advice. Yeah. All right. Next up, let's. Uh, I'll take this one here. Uh, my husband is a very established Golden Tee player. Okay. Yet it seems like every time he goes to a national tournament, he won't answer my calls or texts after 8 p.m. Do these tournaments really go on all night? Is his phone dead? Is he flirting with other women? Signed, A. Haas. Hmm. All right. Uh, so, I mean, these tournaments, depends on the tournament, right? Uh, certainly some of them uh, go later than others. Usually a bigger qualifier means that you're going to have a, uh, the tournament's going to go a little bit later. Uh, so you know your uh, your husband might be busy in the qualifier. Uh, additionally, uh, you know, once the drinks start flowing, uh, you never know what's going to happen with that phone. Might get dropped. Might get turned yeah. off. Your battery uh, you can know, die. The battery. Charge, I mean, charge your phone. The charge whole phone. iPhone thing. So if your husband has an iPhone, perhaps he's running into that uh, that that issue that was brought up a few months back about uh, purposely uh, lowering battery life. So that could be one thing. Uh, but yeah, I would. Uh, you sound like a supportive uh, wife, and I'd uh, encourage you to keep supporting your husband and his endeavors, and uh, 
yeah. good luck to your husband, whoever that might be. Yeah, I, I, I think that's great feedback. I, I, for, for this wife who's so supportive and, you know, she states her husband's an established Golden Tee player, so to let him go to these tournaments and keep improving his game and place well, I'm sure he's doing just fine, and, and you guys will be a great successful cu couple for the long term. All right, next up, let's see. Uh, we got, hello, I'm a very established Golden Tee player. Yet at most tournaments, I feel like I can't make it past 8 p.m. in the evening due to excessive drinking. Mm. In this regard, I'm looked down upon as a purple bracket drinker, but I'm a gold bracket player. People often take my photo after passing out. How can I pace myself for an entire weekend? Signed, A. Haas. Well, well uh, A. Haas, uh, I guess, you know, as, a, as someone who likes craft beer... Yeah, uh, and you know you get to these tournaments, maybe a little bit of nerves, mm -hmm. and you want to you know get some beers in you early. Uh, maybe go with a little bit lower alcohol by volume. Sometimes those craft beers can sneak up on you. Also, maybe don't do shots in the morning mm. or uh, early in the afternoon. And that'll help you get through that eight o'clock barrier that you seem to be uh, struggling with. Yes, yeah, so, some folks I know I've talked to at tournaments. You know they do start drinking early in the morning. But in between beers, they mix in their gervais juice with all that protein. Mm. Or a water. Yeah, so, so that, that could be a great option for you, a Haas, to uh, help you last later in the evening past 8 p.m. Uh, hope, hopefully you're successful in that. Hopefully we've given you some advice that you can try at your next live tournament. Yeah, also maybe um, cocaine. Ooh. That would keep you awake as well. Ooh. Yeah, Probably that's... don't do that. Okay, good deal. All right, next up, let's see. We'll take this one. Hi, Podmore Get Better Podcast. I've missed the gold bracket cut at two of my last couple major tournaments. This is sounding familiar. Yeah, yet find myself making the cut regularly at all the other main national tournaments. Do you have any advice for me to mentally focus during the World Championships and the year-end Houston tournament? Signed, A. Fox. Mm. Uh, yeah, so this, I mean, I, I've got to guess at who this is, but, uh, you know, we won't, we won't out him. Uh, but yeah, my advice for a qualifier is, you know, uh, you know, act like you've been there before, you know, know that you, I always try to shoot par or, you know, try to focus in on some par rounds. Yeah. Uh, don't worry about hole outs. So, uh, I often play what we used to call so be safe. So, right. Hey, no reason to chase at holes, play safe, uh, stay, uh, stay away from water. You don't want to lose two or three strokes at a time. Uh, and uh, and I, as always, a couple beers always helps. Yeah. So I know you've previously talked about in some of our podcasts where if you do get wet on a hole, that you've talked about trying to minimize your loss, not yes. necessarily trying to try a chip over water. On like a six Rhine, iron maybe? Yeah, on Rhineland and trying to get birdie, but then you get wet again or you come up short, you go long, and all of a sudden it goes from could have been an easy par by just throwing it on the green making your putt. And you're looking at bogey, double bogey, triple bogey. you got to avoid those red numbers. And, and that can be the difference, I think, between making the cut and going down to the purple bracket. It's yeah. just not taking your lumps, moving on, forgetting about that hole, and going. Yeah, never do worse than par. All right, looks like uh, we got about 12 more, but let's just pick two here, uh, just for time's sake. Dear Podmore, Get Better Podcast, thanks for opening up a mailbag segment. I'm a home machine owner. Ooh, this is oh, right up your alley, yeah, Tony. I probably got some good advice here. I'm a home machine owner and travel to a good amount of tournaments. 
However, I find myself reverting back to my comfort zone of Milwaukee Brewers apparel and only drinking Bush Light. How can I step out of my comfort zone? Signed, D. Sandmeyer. Okay. Uh, so we've had a couple sponsors uh, in terms of apparel. We've had yeah. a couple sponsors that might uh, we would encourage you to go to uh, jazzjeans.com. Uh, I think is the website and, and get some get some uh, different apparel there. Uh, I know that uh, you might want to talk to Wes, Minnesota guy. He's got some wonderful uh, apparel options. Yeah. Uh, anything purple and gold would be great. Maybe uh, Vikings colors would be a good yeah, choice. Yeah, tis the season right now. Actually, yeah. he, he'd be right in step as baseball season is ending, transitioning into football season. Uh, D. Sandmeyer, I'm not sure where you're from or. You know, if you were born and raised in Milwaukee or your affiliation to the Brewers. But, yeah, coming from Tony and I, I would say the purple and gold. Any Minnesota Vikings gear, we're, we're pretty tame with yeah. that. But I, I think that would be a step in getting out of your comfort zone. So thanks for submitting that. All right, we'll go to the last one here. Let's see. Hello. I've gained a vast amount of knowledge regarding Golden Tee during my many years of playing. Oftentimes, I engage newer players in conversation and find they just don't want to listen about the intricacies of Golden Tee. Is this a general th- generational thing, or am I looking too much into this? Signed, D. Weiss. Mm. Well, I think everybody has their own style, right? You know, it could be, it could be generational. Some people really want to analyze. Also, some people probably want to buy, um, use the, uh, make, build your own bag. Ooh. And uh, you know, spend the five dollars there and, and make a bag. And so, uh, it could be that the the people you're talking to might not just be might just not be talkers. I know a lot of people nowadays wear headphones when they're playing Golden Tee, and so That's a great uh, point. They could be not used to someone chatting them up. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I would I would encourage uh, D Weiss to uh, keep having those conversations, keep attending tournaments, and uh, keep trying to uh, make friends. Yeah, spread spread the good word. I mean, you you talk about the intricacies and. Tony has broken that down previously, talking about having a 9-iron with a 10-win turning left left once or right once. I, I think that's great. You're trying to share the wealth of the game. Um, hopefully these players are receptive to it if you've been around that long and have the intricacies and are able to speak on them like you mentioned. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that was a really good uh, first swipe at our uh, – Email segment, uh, as Will said, we want to encourage people to keep sending these in. That was a great first batch of questions, but uh, yeah, hopefully next week we'll have some more good ones. All right, this is the time most of you have been waiting for for the podcast. Right now we're going to break down the classic course of the week. It's going to be a classic course from 2013. Yeah, so this week we had Celtic Shores, and I actually uh, I ended up enjoying uh, Celtic a little bit more than I thought I would. I agree. Uh, it's, you know, again, it's one of these courses that's not quite as old as some of the other throwbacks. Uh, this one being a 2013 course, not quite as old as some of the classic courses I, I'd, I'd prefer to play. But uh, and it, but it actually happens to fall on a time when I pl- probably played the least Golden Tee out of the last 15 years. Hmm. I, I played a whole bunch from 2001 to 2010, and then uh, took a couple years off, not off completely, still went to a couple tournaments, but really didn't play all that much. And then over the last few years, probably ramped my game back, back up in terms of volume. Uh, but the classic course of the week this week is Bear Lodge. Ooh, ooh, all right, I, I like it. I was uh, a little streaky on that course, uh, very hit and miss for me. Uh, yeah, and, and uh, you know, we talk about uh, one of the courses, the, the course that I think about when we talk about par varying that we've covered in the last month or so is Indigo Mound. 
Yeah. Uh, and par can vary on this course, but it's, uh, I would say, a lot more rare uh, than Indigo Mound was. And it really starts off on the first couple holes. Hole one uh, is drivable sometimes. And actually, maybe even before I get to that, being a couple borderline drivable holes, and, and uh, this seems to me like it might be a street course. Uh, just in terms of if you can get that extra 10 yards of distance, maybe get on hole one, uh, maybe clear some water on par five, like hole six, whatever that hole is, uh, it might be an uh, opportunity to play around with some streak balls. Good deal. So before we tee it off on hole one, I'm going to crack a beer here and toast up Tony All for right. our classic course of the week, Bear Lodge. Oh, beautiful. Delicious. Ah, there we go. There we go. All right, so Tony, you talked about right. hole one potentially being drivable with streaks. Yeah, I mean, it, it, there's 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 a lot of tee boxes on this hole, so it's going to be drivable with non-streaks as well, but I think it just might be that extra percentage drivable with streaks. Get, getting a putt as opposed to a chip, potentially. Yep, and so it looks like there's six or so tee boxes here, and I know from the very front it, it can play quite short. We played a, well... <laughs> we we played an invite. I played an invite. Will tried to play an invite before, to, so we could warm up on this. Uh, his machine reset before he even got to hole two. I, so I tapped free win it. for Tony. Yeah, free free dollars for uh, Tony. Unfortunately, yeah, I got the DNF on that. Uh, I tried to drive hole one, missed my chip, took my birdie, nice and easy, and. I so far, that's back, exactly yeah, how I played it. Yeah, I thought in the back of my mind, oh, I can't wait to see the setup on two, and all of a sudden it was a Nighthawk air and. Free money for Tony Johnson. I love it. <laughs> uh, so uh, next up, hole two. This is a hole I don't remember ever driving back in the day, but I had a setup on it a month or so ago in the invite, and I did drive it. And then in our invite just before this, I was close. I did not get on. Uh, it was uh, the front box, toward the front of the front box, and I had kind of an average-ish win. But I think with a tail, tailwind, and I wasn't playing streaks either, so actually with the... The 10 yards more distance with those streaks actually probably would have gotten me on the green. So from the front box, uh, this is potentially drivable. Uh, otherwise, you're going to be laying up into the fairway and, and just kind of taking a five hybrid distance in or something like that. Uh, we're going to plow through some of these uh, less interesting holes. Hole three is a par three, not much to it. Uh, hole four is a hole that can trip you up occasionally. It's a drivable par four. Lots of tee boxes, so you got a lot of variance on your on your distance. Uh, most of the time for me it's going to be a high T, a high Definitely. T four wood, a high T three wood uh, to make sure you clear those trees uh, and it's up slope so you're going to land pretty soft with a, with a high T backspin. Yeah, back in the day uh, playing this course without tees, that hole used to give me fits and I know when we initially uh, prior to the podcast had talked about Bear Lodge, Bear Lodge is a course that used to be able to eat you up pretty quick and kind of get you down on your game. It, it could be a pretty frustrating course. So so this course did originally have tees. It did. It, yes, yes. But, but Maybe one I was thing just that, broke back then. Well, one thing I noticed is actually uh, we use tees like penny candy at this point. Uh, I find myself not, like, I remember back in the day, like, well, I gotta, you know, try to use as few tees as possible, and there's still people that play like that, like, oh, I just, you know, gotta save a couple cents here, a couple cents there, it'll add up. Not me. I accidentally use tees sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> don't end up moving my tee, don't end up high teeing, and I just use it for the sure sport of it. Uh, but gosh. So, I guess that is an example of a hole where back in the day, we might have been like, well, you know, I don't necessarily need a tee. But with, with so many par or p better than par rounds, it's, you feel like any stroke you can gain, even if it's just a small percentage, 
it's going to make such a difference in your payout. And, and me personally, I don't I don't have any issue using tees wherever I feel necessary. Yeah, looking up at our uh, big screen here as we look at these screenshots from Eric Nelson on GoldenTeeFan.com, uh, you're correct. This course did use tees, so I don't I don't know if these uh, Coors Lights have killed <laughs> those certain brain cells or I just uh, was that bad of a player, but. Yeah, I, I guess they did have tees, but I remember that hole vividly, uh, giving me trouble. As well as this next one, Tony. Yeah, this. Uh, so on goldenteefan.com, they actually say that. So this next one's a par five, uh, not drivable. Uh, plays quite long, and and on goldenteefan.com, they actually say that there are setups that you can't get there in two. And I'm not sure I disagree with that. Actually, there there are setups where it can be extremely difficult. Uh, your your gut would want you to go out into the fairway there's like four bunkers out there and ideally you'd clear the water get in between those bunkers uh that can be a little bit dicey you end up in those bunkers occasionally it kind of slopes down towards the bunkers agreed uh, so usually what i'm doing in it and uh straightest straightest uh dis- or shortest distance between two points is a straight line so uh i end up a lot of times going into the rough to the left of those bunkers uh it's a more safe shot in terms of you know you're not going to accidentally go in a bunker and you're gonna have between 260 and 300 yards from there, and that's doable, uh, even from the rough with a driver. And so that, uh, to me, is the safest way to play this, is to blast left of the bu- those bunkers, if you can get there. Because again, if you're in the back box and you've got a headwind, maybe you can't even get there and you might have to go to the end of the first fairway. Um, and it might be a birdie hole occasionally. Yeah, I, I think those bunkers at the uh, start of the second fairway, I, I got stung with those a couple times. If you do happen to end up in those bunkers, you're not going to be able to make the green here. You're going to be looking at throwing it into the fairway, hopefully having just a nice short iron into the green, taking your birdie and moving on. Uh, and unfortunately, in live prize play, that means you're you're most likely going to drop a, a drop a stroke to a lot of folks. Yep. Uh, hole six, we'll kind of plow through. Not much here. It's an undrivable par four. You're either going to the end of that, that small little fairway, uh, second chunk, or blasting over the trees to have a shorter shot in. Uh, hole seven is a drivable par four. Um, this one definitely gave me fits back in the day, and yes. still probably does. This is a relatively difficult uh, drivable par four on the front nine. Uh, I, in our invite earlier, I ended up playing a full cut six wood high tee um but yeah depending on the wind and depending on what these boxes there's a again this course has a lot of tee boxes uh depending on what tee box you're in uh, it could be a difficult setup yeah as you're trying to cut the ball in it's going to be a variation um, of a c3 c c three and a half um yeah. and c three and a half <laughs> I'm go- I'm, you're I'm sounding going- that way out i'm, I'm going i'm going <laughs> next level here um but the green does slope down to the right, and, and there's water to the left, there's water short, there's water to the right. Yeah. You are going to have, I believe, uh, some green behind it, a little bit of bunkers. Um, but yeah, th- this this hole again, you're going to get a hole that can sting you pretty early in your round. This was uh, this this that hole was in the, the uh, daily contest a couple Fridays ago. Correct. And we played around with uh, Luke and I played around with turning a few to the left, and actually there's a little gap in the trees, uh, trying a full through that. Ooh. Eh, maybe it could work, uh, <laughs> but that's more of a uh, when you have a setup where you can re- repeat it. So yeah. like a daily contest, uh, you know. I think that is there. It was a five wood or a six wood, depending. Interesting. Uh, hole eight, par three, not worth no, not worth talking about too much. Uh, hole nine is a non drivable par five. Uh, you've got 
I just said the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. It, so in this case, you feel like you want to go to, there's a little strip of fairway. A landing um, strip, perhaps? A landing strip. Uh, but uh, I, I almost never go to that strip unless I've got just a dead straight wind. Because uh, it's a pretty skinny strip, and going way to the right in the fairway is not going to preclude, preclude you from getting there in two. Uh, it can be a little bit longer shot, uh, usually a, a 290 driver, a, a regular driver, in from the from the fairway, but usually I'm just blasting it deep into the main fairway. Yeah, I, I think as folks are playing this course, if uh, they haven't played it much in the past, they're going to get used to going to that spot in the fairway, long and deep, using a tee, having a long approach into that green. But once you either go straight at that or hit a big C3 to try to get to that long portion of the fairway, uh, you're going to be comfortable with that shot pretty darn quick. Yeah. And we've gotten pretty used to, over the last handful of years, hitting a lot longer approach shots in the greens. I feel like we didn't have a lot of 300-yard approach shots in the greens that that is. So the, the, yeah. back then, that, that shot was a lot more difficult, whereas we've gotten a lot more used to it now. Uh, hole 10, non-drivable par 4, not worth talking about too much. Hole 11, par 3, drivable. Yeah. <laughs> drivable par 3. Uh, yeah, I'm, we don't need to talk about that one too much. Yeah, we're in the we're in the doldrums of this course right now because hole twelve is also a non-drivable par four. Uh, <laughs> Hopefully, you guys have goldentfan.com uh, pulled up and are following with us hole by hole on this. Uh, it's going to be a lot easier for you and help you visualize prior to going out and playing as this gets released at midnight this evening. Yep. So hole twelve, non-drivable par four, uh, down six green. So that's a good opportunity for bite and chase it at the hole. Good opportunity for a hole out there. Uh, now we get back to some interesting holes. Hole 13 uh, is a hole is a par five, not drivable. There's no drivable par fives on this course, but uh, uh, blasting it usually way to the right, and then usually like a, a three wood or a five wood in from there. There's an island that in theory you could go to. Never gone to it. I don't uh, think. I've, it, it's I've I've been on it. I don't know what the benefit of it is other than like in a daily or something. If you were trying to get a straight wind and had a repeatable shot to make sure you're on that island every time but there's just no reason to risk it at, in my opinion like a little auto bud a little auto bud Ooh. yeah yeah uh hole 14 a non-drivable are there any drivable par fours on this back nine? only on the front side yeah, apparently <laughs> uh non-drivable par four um this one can be a little di difficult because there's not really a great way to blast a drive out there there's some trees up near the green that uh, kind of blocking your approach from the left, so you want to you want to be as far right in the fairway. So a lot of times I'm hitting almost like a three hybrid off the tee, and giving myself a, a 290 driver, a driver in. Yeah, pull this hole up on Golden Tee Fan, and you're gonna see that there's a bunker just shy of the water. I'm basically trying to line up my drive and hit it just short of the bunker on the right hand portion of the bunker, which. Yeah. To Tony's point, there are trees blocking the left portion of the green. This is, number one, going to give you a better angle coming into this green. And number two, you're going to have a nice wood into this. Uh, so you're going to have backspin, you're going to have bite, as opposed to trying to do a big, long drive, and all of a sudden you have to cut a shot doing half C, half three going into the screen, uh, which makes it a lot more difficult if you're going to do that option. I, I would say 99% of the time, I'm just going to hit it short of the bunker, take my wood in the green, Hopefully get my eagle and move on. Yeah. Uh, birdie, not eagle. I mean, oh, goodness. eagle would be great. Oh, my goodness. Uh, our, we, we have a drivable par four. It's the first one of the back nine, hole 15. Uh, and uh, actually, I would say a lot easier than some of the other drivable, drivable par fours that we've had up to this point. Uh, 
pretty, you know, I think I am, I end up hitting a T a lot of times on this, uh, on this hole and uh, floating it in nice and soft and, and ha- leaving myself with a putt. Yeah, just straight over the trees. I think it's usually a high five, high four. Yeah, something I think like in our, that. In our invite, uh, you didn't get to play this hole, but uh, uh, I think I had a high four wood and floated it in there. And you probably you probably pointed it. Uh, I don't believe so. <laughs> uh, hole sixteen, par five. A uh, couple couple different ways to play this hole. So uh, from the back box, so there's three tee boxes, I think. Uh, from the back box. I'm going, and maybe even the middle box, I'm, I'm turning a few to the right and playing a big C3, kind of wrapping it around the trees and into the fairway. And that usually leaves 230 to 260 yards, depending on where in the, on the green the pin is. Uh, but from the front box, you can't really do that. And so I end up hitting a big A1, kind of just over, there's two bunkers out there. Uh, you want to clear those and then you leave yourself deep in the rough uh, and there's no trees over there, so you don't really have tree issues uh, and hitting in from there. So that's kind of the two strategies that I have on this hole. Yeah, great call out. Uh, hole 17, par 3. Uh, big slope on this green, lots of different directions you can, uh, you can come at this green from. Usually pretty short, between 80 and 120 yards. Um, but you're gonna, it can be a down 10, it could be a left or a right 10. Uh, but, uh, but I think we've gotten pretty used to holes like this. Yeah, I, I was just going to say that we just had, I, don't, I can't remember if it was Throwback Thursday with Rocky Hollow, but mm-hmm. a lot of these late par threes that you see in the game, whether it's Bear Lodge or Rocky Hollow, you're going to see this where you have a short iron in your hand, potentially even a wedge, with a down 10 green. Uh, obviously, late in the round, your winds are picking up to 14, 15 miles an hour. So you should be pretty comfortable with a hole like this, this late in your round. So obviously, birdie's the standard. Move on to hole 18. And I think we've gotten round. used to, and certainly not something we ever did back, you know, we had tees back then, but I, I almost never low-teed a 9-iron or low-teed a wedge. We've gotten pretty used to, I have at least, yep. low-teeing. Uh, high, high, high loft irons and wedges in order to trim off a little bit of distance um, and going from there and especially into a down, down 10 green do a low tee with some backspin that's a pretty good just kind of soft check and, and pull up the hill uh, finally hole 18 Ooh. drivable par 4 a lot of variety here uh, the setup in our invite uh, was quite long although it had a big tailwind um, I ended up trying a full full uh, C3 3 wood I want just a little bit long, uh, but there are setups here where you can go just straight at it. Um, it's going to be pretty dependent on tee box and wind. So uh, par for this course, I would say kind of standard par is 26. Uh, you've got hole one or hole two, which might occasionally be drivable, which could in theory get it all the way up to a minus 28 par. Uh, this is kind of in that the 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 years of courses that Jim Z wanted the the par range between 26 and and 28. Uh, I think he's seen the, seen the data now for people that like courses with would with, with much better or higher pars. So now we a lot of the courses have pars of 29, 30, 31. Um, so you know there's a lot of non-drivable par fours here, and uh, so but it gives you an opportunity for some holdouts as well. Yeah, so I'm, I'm looking forward to Bear Lodge. Like I said, it was it was a course I struggled with uh, when it yeah, first came out that, that, that entire year. I definitely struggled with it. Uh, after Bear Lodge, we got two more courses uh, prior to ship date. So yeah. we're, we're three weeks and a day until ship date. 
So we got 2019 right around the corner. We got Evan Gossett. We got John Daly. Uh, they said there's still new features that are coming along. They slowly are still releasing their new putters. Oh, one thing we didn't talk about, the, the fact that a dunk is now going to be worth twice as many GSP. Yeah. Did you, did you, not, did you see that or not? I, I, I saw that. I saw the uh, little chip in, which... It didn't have the screen overlay, so I'm guessing there's a hole this year that's going to be a drivable par 5 because someone was off the green, made like a little 8-yard chip or whatever it was. They got GSP, but it was doubled. You could tell that it was short enough where it would have been, you know, a standard two, 300 GSP, but I think it was like 483 GSP because they dunked their chip in. They didn't run it on the green. They just kapow right in the hole. It'll be interesting because, uh, as I said on Facebook today, not not all dunks are created equal. I, I feel like there's some <laughs> that are just pure dunk swish. Art. Then, there aren't. Yeah, just clean right in. And then there's some that kind of rattle around a little bit. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what they consider a, a dunk. Uh, so, again, that was the I think that was the only news that we got this week, was that uh, dunks were going to be worth twice as many GSP. So hopefully next week we're, we'll be able to talk about the, the newest remastered course, I think we're, we're hoping to talk about it this week, but uh, give us some content for next week. And and, then, and, and Evan Gossett. We can't I, forget about I, Evan Gossett. I mean, can't we'll, wait we'll, to spend, see his face. we'll spend at least 30 to 45 seconds on that. Is he going to have facial hair? Is he not going to have oh, facial that, hair? That's interesting. What can I dress Evan up as that is the most offensive? Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Willing that, to take suggestions maybe in my email inbox? Yeah, that, that, that could put someone on tilt for sure. So uh, anyway, yeah, if you're playing against Evan in a match, maybe change your character to Evan and put him in just a really raunchy outfit. And see if he's <laughs> distracted by his naked body. But, All right. Uh, anyway, so yeah, that'll wrap up uh, wrap up the podcast this week. We've got uh, the tournaments that uh, if you can make them to uh, coming up. We've got Wisconsin one in three weeks. We've got Richmond in four weeks, and we've got TOC, which is kind of invite-only in, in five weeks. Oh, did you hear that ding? Ding. Yeah, we just oh. I just got a sponsor email as oh. we were doing our podcast here. Oh, my gosh. Uh, let's see. We're going we're gonna to kind of read through this here. Oh, goodness. It, this is a great concept. Okay. This, uh, this is some submitted from Kevin Lindsay at IT. Oh. So... He's starting a new company, and if you guys have heard of Aflac Supplemental Insurance that mm-hmm. would go alongside with your regular job, sure. Kevin Lindsay is now starting a supplemental PTO policy. Oh. So it wow, states here it states here that, that he feels he gets good benefits through incredible technologies doing okay. his job. But with his own company starting Kevin Lindsay supplemental PTO. He can just take off days. So if he goes to a tournament, Cincinnati, for example, doesn't show up to work on Monday, that's no, still no covered. Deal. Yeah, no big deal. He still gets paid. He still gets that income, even though he missed work and didn't provide a benefit to IT for that day. Huh. It seems like maybe Kevin Lindsay was on supplemental PTO this entire week. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I, I mean, I, but I guess if he's got the, you know, the supplemental PTO policy for himself, then... Uh, I guess that makes some sense. Yeah, I mean, I know sometimes he does work from home, and he's able to release things from home, put up posts on social media, but I, I don't know, maybe his phone battery died. Something was going on. But with Kevin Lindsay's supplemental PTO time, you're going to ensure that you still have that income stream going directly deposited to your account. Does this work for bangers? So if I'm a banger, 
and I, I decide not to play my 50 rounds today, can I apply for my supplemental insurance, supplemental banger insurance? That's really interesting because as a banger, I don't believe you would have a standard unless you're you know doing your own self-insurance as single payer. Um, I don't know if you'd be able to do this. Mm. That, that's my Maybe only concern. another opportunity for Kevin. Yeah, we'll supplemental uh, banger insurance. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see. Maybe we get you know a question in the mailbag segment next week regarding mm-hmm. this, um, and, and we'll we'll reach out to Kevin see if he has he has anything to add to this. It sounds like he's trying to get a website up, gonna put some more info out there as he's getting this company started. All right, looking so, forward to it. Yeah, shout out to Kevin Lindsay. We hope you guys enjoy the classic course of the week. Let's yeah. Let's uh, have some fun on Bear Lodge this week, and we'll talk next week. Yeah, please make sure to like, rate, and subscribe to the Podmore Get Better podcast. Thanks, everyone. See ya.